0: Hello, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Monday, the 15th of August. Coming up in today's show, we have interviews with both the US and UK manufacturing business, and take a look at the economic outlooks in both of those countries, some quite contrasting views but equally some similarities. So uh, well worth listening to those interviews uh, and interviews with the economic specialists in two respective countries. There's also been a hell of a lot happening which is great news. Uh, Hence though sadly the delay for Small BizPod number 14. Very many apologies for that but uh, I've been involved with three other guys on putting together the podcasting conference in the UK, and more on that later. But first, um, a big uh, hello and thank you very much for listening to uh, all those new listeners out there. Uh, SmallBizPod's been really, really lucky, I guess, to be featured on the iTunes uh... front page as one of the interesting indies to watch so that's been a real real uh... boost to uh... listeners over the last few days so whether in whether you're in the the, the uk or the u.s. or europe or or, or the far east or, or anywhere else in fact uh, if you're a a new itunes listener uh... i welcome you to the show um, as many of you already know it's a about a forty minute show that covers uh, small business enterprise And it's mainly comprised of interviews that I hope will prove to be both informative and inspiring for any uh, potential or existing entrepreneurs and small business owners out there. So uh, thank you for listening. And thank you, too, to all of those who continue to listen and stick by Small Biz Pod. Now, I have quite a few comments to get through again this week. Um, if you'd like to send comments uh, please email me alex at smallbizpod.co.uk I really would like the the show to become as interactive as possible so uh, I really do appreciate any comments that come through and also they provide quite a lot of uh, useful inspiration for future shows so if you've got any thoughts on what you'd like to see covered do drop me an email or if it's just to say thank you or great job then of course I'd be very happy to have those as well equally if you've got any constructive criticism Do send that through too. Always very useful to hear and uh, helps me improve the show and keep it fresh and interesting for listeners. So do send that as well. Now, on to some comments this week. Uh, I've had quite a few comments, so thank you very much, everybody, for those. Um, Yarrow Stark, who I mentioned as having an excellent small business blog, left a comment on the SmallBizPod blog or homepage. Uh, he says, Hello Alex, just stumbled across your blog podcast through my referral links and it was, was a pleasant surprise it was to hear that you'd featured my blog in your show. Cheers mate. Uh, it's currently bedtime for me so I'll have to listen to your full show tomorrow but I just wanted to say hi and thanks and perhaps we can have a chat, a Skype chat soon. Well, Yarrow, you'll remember, uh, I was slightly confused. I thought he was an Australian living in the States, but he's actually an Australian living in Australia. So, uh, Yarrow, thanks, many thanks for that. We haven't hooked up on Skype yet, but I'm sure we will do. Uh, and thanks also for uh, the great review on your blog of uh, Small Biz Pod. Uh, it was really great to see that, So, so thanks a lot. And then also have an email from uh, Martin Neumann, who runs uh, the Home Office Voice blog. He says, I must congratulate you for quality podcasts with Small Biz Pod. Presenting on a regular basis, as you do, goes a long way. Uh, Well, (laughs) for which, apologies, because it's been a bit of a silence for a couple of weeks, but I'll come on to that and we'll explain why uh, it's been a small delay. Uh, it's quite pleasant, Martin goes on uh, to say, it's quite a pleasant listen to late at night when I'm scouring hundreds of headlines from my RSS feeds for my own blog. As you know, I've reviewed Smallbizpod at my blog. Um, that was show number 10, and I can really see it's getting better, so keep up the good work. Uh, now, come on, review my blog as best blog of the week. Well, uh, you've got a plug there anyway, Martin, by the the comments. And who knows, maybe in a future show, I will review Home Office Voice. Now, I've also had a, a great comment from uh, Jason Gavitt. Jason Gavitt's a, a 17-year-old entrepreneur who runs a design, web design company called Lexel. And uh, he sent me quite a long email, but uh, a very good one, and says, uh, Firstly, I just want to say your show is great, very clean and crisp, and I really enjoyed it. To be completely honest, I thought it was going to be crap. Sorry, but it's true. I thought people talking for an hour would get boring, but it didn't. So thank you for keeping me entertained. Uh, Jason then goes on to, to talk about... Uh, some contacts and some potential opportunities for me to do interviews with some guys uh, on certain subjects, which would be great, and so we'll, we'll look into that. Um, and uh, it's good to hear that, you know, we've got some, some younger listeners as well, and uh, I hope it really is, that Small Pod, that is, really is helping you and providing you with some inspiration. So uh, thanks very much for that. Jason? Uh, the bootstrapping episode, you'll remember, I think from memory it was Small Biz Pod number hmm, 10, was it? I can't remember. You'll have to look back on the uh, on the show. Yeah, I think it was number 10. Um, it's still attracting some great comments, and I know that um, Jeff Gianforti from uh, Right Now Technologies was... Sorry, Greg Gianforti from Right Now Technologies was uh, a big hit and certainly opened a lot of people's eyes to uh setting up and starting a business with with virtually no money uh had uh, an email from uh Frederick in Sweden who says hi Alex and thanks for a great show i've just finished listening to the excellent interview with Greg Gianforti very educational indeed especially since i'm just in the process of setting up a company uh, a topic i'd like to hear about from more experienced bootstrappers is how to go from a cushy corporate job with whatever financial stability that implies to the possible financial risk an upstart or startup business could mean. As mentioned, I'm just starting up, bootstrapping really, a business and by far the most intimidating factor of all this is how to be able to continue to support my family when I step out into the cold, harsh reality of being my own man. Anyway, thanks again for a super show. Keep up the good work. Well, Frederick, many thanks for that. That's quite an interesting um, thought there. Uh, I stepped out of a cushy corporate job. Well, it wasn't that cushy, actually. It was quite hard work. But uh, out of a corporate job and took the plunge into uh, self-employment about six months ago. And um, it it is quite frightening. It's a scary old business. Uh, My immediate advice would be make sure you've got enough savings there to allow you to concentrate on the business and not worry about the, the potential debts that you might rack up. Um, in supporting your family. If you can do that, if you have some savings or you can work towards some savings then that's a, a great start. It just slightly takes the pressure off at the beginning but then things will happen. This is what I found, things just happen and uh, if you if you put in the work and you probably have to work a lot harder than you did in your cushy corporate job, uh, things really do start uh, moving in ways that you didn't necessarily expect, but very positively, and I suspect your your financial position won't be half as bad as you might anticipate. But nevertheless, I do think it's uh, an interesting topic for a future show, so I'll certainly look into that and see if we can get some uh, experiences, both good and bad, from startups who have uh, gone through that initial financial crunch phase when they've left their Uh, standard um, job. So, Frederick, uh, thanks very much for that. Now, I also had quite an interesting conversation with uh, Marv from Electromancer, but I'll come to that towards the end of the show when uh, we play my usual uh, Electronica track uh, sourced from the really rather superb Electromancer.com. Right, uh, the Bank of England uh, last week uh, dropped interest rates for the first time in probably a couple of years. Uh, and to gauge reaction from the small business community, I have with me today Andy Mola from the Forum of Private Businesses, the the Forum of Private Business lobbies on behalf of SMEs in the UK. In the UK, to. Uh, basically uh, create a, a better political and economic environment for those businesses. So Andy, welcome to Small Biz Pod. Thank you. Um, uh, presumably you've been delighted by the fact that the, the, the bank has reduced interest rates. Is that what British business needed?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the level of spending by consumers on the high street, that's down. If you look at business investment, that's down. And um, it it needed some um, reinvigorating, if you like, all this consumer spending and investment at the moment. And uh, the Bank of England's recent decision to uh, reduce interest rates by a quarter of a percent was certainly a welcome move by the uh, small business community.
0: And how long do you think that it will take to uh, see that benefit Pass through the economy uh, and reach the uh, small business community.
1: There's usually about a, a, a quarter time lag between these uh, interest rate decisions, if you like. So, if you think about the the larger organisations being at the top of the food chain and having the smaller suppliers uh, who who obviously supply these large retailers, it usually takes time for this money, this saving in cash, to actually filter its way down. So, we're looking at usually around about a quarter. Uh, you know, but, but you know, a quarter time mark like, basically.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, since the Bank of England has taken over responsibility for managing um, interest rates, the economy has been relatively stable. We haven't really gone through a recession uh, for some time, and certainly for for up businesses and and indeed existing smaller businesses, that clearly helps them plan ahead better. It does. Um, are there any storm clouds on the ho- economic horizon or, or is it fairly plain sailing whilst the bank has control?
1: I think, I mean, at the moment economic stability, as you say, is absolutely king because business owners can make decisions now based on the fact that uh, the economy won't be any different too far in the future. But I think what's what is worrying at the moment is the level of debt amongst consumers at the moment, and it's it's really looking to see if this quarter percent reduction will actually reinvigorate the economy, as the banks you know the bank expects that it will. If you look at the level of spending over the last few years, people have been buying, maxing out the credit cards, people have been remortgaging the houses, mm. and I think we're we're approaching the threshold whereby people haven't got enough capacity within within their income to be going spending any more. So it would be very interesting to see whether this quarter percent reduction does actually reinvigorate the economy as the banks have actually predicted.
0: Yeah, which highlights quite an interesting uh, balance that the bank and the economy has to face, isn't it? Because uh, many in business, particularly the manufacturing sector, have been calling for a reduction in rates. But if that does boost um, retail spending and consumer the consumer's appetite to to, to go out there and and, and continue to uh, load debt onto credit cards and and borrow more, then isn't there a danger that a a crash will come? Consumers will simply not be able to afford to spend. And for some considerable while, uh, certainly on the the, the retail side of business, there's going to be a serious slump.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is why it's very important that the bank actually holds off and really monitors the situation as closely as it can at the moment. I mean, yes, they've made, you know, all the economic indicators said that they needed to reduce the interest rates by the quarter percent, which they have done. But what they need to do now is to hold back a little bit and have a look at the impact of this quarter percent reduction to see if it is actually reinvigorating the economy. Um, So it's very important that they sort of sit back and have a look and see what's going on just to see whether this actually is making an impact or not.
0: But don't groups like the FPB who represent among their members the manufacturing sector uh, and I've seen certainly the CBI and others calling for an interest rate cut. Isn't there immense pressure from the small business and business lobby uh, to cut rates primarily to benefit um, hard-pressed manufacturing businesses?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's very true. I mean, there's a large proportion of our membership who are made for the manufacturing um, sector. But, I mean, it all depends on what sort of manufacturing you're in. I mean, if you're, in, if you're a high-tech manufacturer, for instance, then things may not be as hard because you're in a niche market and things are going quite well for you, where, whereby if you're in the textile uh, if you're a textile manufacturer, you probably do want to see further reductions in interest rates. So there is a fine balance between, um, you know, just cutting interest rates, looking, keeping them stable or even increasing when, when needs be. The criteria of the manufacturing sector is made up of, of a number of different um, goods and services that they offer and not just, uh, you know, one brand, if you like.
0: And that must uh, provide quite a difficult task for a representative organisation like yourself to, to strike equally the, a balance that... Benefits all members when you're lobbying. Would that be right?
1: Yeah, no, I mean that's that's absolutely fair. But I mean, we, we certainly wouldn't abdicate anything that didn't come from the members in the first place. It's you know, as a research-led organisation, it's imperative that we actually relay what our uh, what our member opinions are are saying. And if there is a clear majority that our members want a a uh, uh, cut in interest rates, then we will we will press for that.
0: And other than that, are there any uh, other? economic issues that the forum or, or, and its members are concerned about or are, are pressing for uh, influence on the government uh, uh, during the next six months or so?
1: Um, I mean I think, I think it's important, I mean there's a lot of tax implications at the moment um, we're a bit concerned at the level of government borrowing and the, and the fact that the Chancellor spends a huge amount of money on public spending at the moment and it's it's really looking at where how he's going to recoup this money back now there's a lot of fear from the, from the business community that he might even increase national insurance contributions, which is probably the single highest tax burden an employee will face. Mm. And uh, what, what we don't want to see is come the pre-budget report statement in November, if the Chancellor actually turning around and saying that uh, na- employers' national insurance contributions are going up, because uh, that will certainly hit them very hard.
0: Although they've managed thus far, haven't they?
1: Uh, they have managed thus far, but uh, at the end of the day, they're absorbing these increasing costs. And at, 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 at the end of the day, they, these are going to have to pass off into increased prices. Now, you know, if you're a small retailer on the high street, for instance, you can't, already, you can't compete with the likes of Tesco's and Sainsbury's and, and that on prices. as it is. So you're actually just pricing the small businesses completely out of the marketplace.
0: Fine. Andy Mola. thank you for appearing on the show today.
1: No problem. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, so whilst the Bank of England struggles with the Balancing Act to keep the UK economy on track, uh, whether to stimulate uh, consumer demand or to to damp it down, uh, the US economy seems to be booming away and uh, small businesses seem to be in confident mood. The recent report by the National uh, Federation of Independent Businesses in the US Um, shows increasing confidence for the third quarter of 2005. Now, I'm uh, extremely pleased to welcome to Small Biz Pod today uh, Bill Dunkelberg, who is the uh, chief economist of the NFIB. Uh, Bill, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to join you.
0: Um, So, clearly, your latest report shows um, some considerable confidence among the small and medium-sized business community in the U.S. What would you put this confidence down to?
2: Well, basically, I think it's probably good news coming in the front door. uh, For small businesses, the most important thing is customers, and, of course, uh, the U.S. economy is doing well, uh, creating about 180,000 new jobs in the payroll survey and far more than that in our household survey every month. And of course, that's good, that's good news. When sales are coming in, you know, even your management blunders can be covered by a little (laughs) extra money. So, uh, so that's really pretty good news. Now, the surrounding events are are very good as well. Our interest rates are still at 40 year lows. Um, and, uh, you know, that's certainly good. Um, and, of course, we have amazing appreciation of houses over here just like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, our ownership rate is almost 70% now amongst households. Right. And households are clearly accessing that money and spending, so our saving rate is down to almost zero uh, right. out of current income. So that's, all that spending is helping out
0: yeah uh consumer spending for i know we have a much smaller um population obviously than the states but in the uk uh, consumer borrowing has gone through the 1 trillion pound mark and there are concerns that when Uh, consumers uh, are borrowing so much to, in essence, driving the economy forward through debt that sooner or later a bubble is going to burst and that's going to have a a negative impact on businesses of all sizes including the the SMB sector. Uh, Is there a danger that you foresee in the US if uh, people are are, are taking equity out of property or their own property or or borrowing that a a bubble might be bursting any time soon?
2: Well, I, I think that there's certainly some threat. Uh, I think clearly the the gains in the housing prices is, going, is already starting to moderate in the United States, um, but that doesn 't necessarily mean payment problems that is most of us have locked into our thirty year mortgages at forty year low prices so our mortgage prices are, our mortgage rates are fixed we 've borrowed a little extra money, but basically we 've been able to handle paying that back so um, there, there certainly will be. I think the big threat really comes this way. Uh, this year, if I want to save twenty thousand dollars, my house appreciates by twenty thousand, so I save on my balance sheet. If prices stop rising, then to save twenty thousand next year, I'll have to save it out of my current income instead of spending it all. Mm. That'll slow spending down in the economy.
0: Mm. Mm. And does the the Fed have any concerns about that at the moment?
2: Well, I'm sure that that's discussed. Uh, The Fed, of course, just recently raised uh, the overnight rate again to 35 now, Uh, and I'm sure that they think about this issue, but uh, there's really not much that they can do to manage that now other than to continue to raise short rates and see if long rates go up and help slow that down. In the meantime, all the sectors of our economy are doing very well, and small business accounts for uh, over half of our private sector GDP, so as long as they're doing well, spending, hiring, uh, investing in inventories, then the economy is going to keep moving forward.
0: And, uh, of course, it's something like 55% of um, employment, is that right, is, is, in the U.S. is via the small and medium-sized business sector?
2: That's right. It depends on you know, how you measure it and how you define a small business, but uh, certainly um, small businesses dominate the service sector are much more labor-intensive. And so most of the jobs outside of government in the private sector uh, are with small businesses.
0: Okay, now there has been some speculation. The, I suppose the other world economy that really is booming is the Chinese economy. And there's been some speculation that uh, Chinese manufacturing could ultimately have quite a, a negative impact, particularly on uh, small and medium sized businesses in the US. I know there are certain states and certain types of manufacturing business in the US that have suffered or claim to have suffered as a result of the cheap imports coming from china uh, how is the u.s. coping with that
2: well undoubtedly um, you know that's an issue for some businesses whether it's manufacturing goods from china or uh... cheaper agricultural goods from south america um, you know when you have changes in trade patterns that always affect some groups in the economy but, of course, overall, simultaneously, uh, consumers are delighted to have all the inexpensive products uh, mm-hmm. that are available uh, due to trade. And, you know, we still employ uh, nearly 63% of our eligible population, which is very near the record. The only higher numbers were back in the crazy year of 2000 and 1999. So mm-hmm. we are very, very fully employed. We have 5% unemployment, uh, even though, you know, the, the manufacturing sector, some pieces of it will be suffering uh, it's you know it's been going on for twenty thirty years now, and I guess it'll continue.
0: And are there other sectors, uh, particularly in SMB uh, side of things, that are kind of taking up the slack, or the other other sectors that are really booming and uh, doing particularly well, um, well to compensate, st- as it were?
2: Yeah, our hottest sector, of course, no surprise, uh, is uh, construction. Uh, The the home building industry in the United States is dominated by small firms, and so they've been doing very well since we've had record housing years now for three or four years in a row, Mm -hmm. and we discussed whether or not that's going to continue, That Mm -hmm. that may slow down a lot. Uh, But our manufacturing firms, our small manufacturing firms are, amongst industry groups, one of the uh, strongest hires right now. They're hiring lots of people. They are successfully raising their prices. About one in five are able to raise their average selling prices. And uh, their profits are looking pretty good. So uh, General Motors may be having its trouble with cars and Mm -hmm. and, and the competition, but the small firms uh, aren't having all the same experience. They're looking a lot better.
0: And is that because they're supplying largely the internal market and it's the exporters that are having the difficulty?
2: Well, I think that's right. Or the firms that, that compete with X with imports. Uh, yeah. Nissan and Toyota have been doing very well here, mm. increasing sales 20, 30 percent, while GM and Ford have seen sales go down by five percent. So uh, it's a sad story for them, and they're laying off workers. But we're still buying record numbers of cars, and they're being made here in America by foreign firms. But they're still made here, and so our small firms are still supplying doorknobs and lock knobs and. All these little pieces you know that go into these yeah. cars, and that helps yeah. them keep going
0: yeah absolutely so um, what 's the secret then
2: <laughs> well the secret uh, the secret is one uh, you know the people disagree on what it is uh, in the United States. we think of course the secret is uh, entrepreneurship that is if yeah. you 've got a good idea, uh, a better way to do things, a new product, you can start it up if you 're right, you make money and you expand, and people copy you, and that grows in the economy if you 're wrong. Uh, we just reprice the asset and start another experiment until we make money. So if your French restaurant doesn't work, then you, you close it down, but you reopen it with the same silverware and the same chef and the same location as a Chinese restaurant and yeah. you try that. And when, as soon as you make money, you know you're using the resources in a valuable way, and that's the key, and that's the way our economy runs.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the, the big differences between uh, the U.S. and the U.K., and, w- and one difference that is continually highlighted by the current government in the U.K. That is simply that uh, there should be less stigma attached to failing in business. It should actually be seen as an opportunity to learn and to create and move forward and, uh, and create successful businesses that are going to be good for the economy. So Absolutely. Uh, we have, I guess, over this side of the pond something to learn.
2: Yeah, it's the um, same way in the labor market. We have a labor market where, you know, every week 300,000 plus people get fired, uh, so that's like a million two a month, and yet we, we create uh, 200,000 new jobs, so we might fire a million two, but we hire a million four. Yeah. The most important asset a country has or a company is people, and the countries or companies that can reallocate and manage their their employees the best wins, and the U.S. does very well there.
0: Yeah. So um, it must be a pretty easy job being the chief economist at a a representative organization for uh, small businesses in the U.S. You you, you presumably have no lobbying to do.
2: Well, it's a fun job, and uh, the lobbying we do is pretty much uh, uh, very, very high-level kinds of lobbying, like less paperwork, lower taxes, and so on, because our constituents are from everywhere, so we don't do any special interest lobbying on behalf of banks or manufacturers or You know, because, as you know, special interest groups may win, but they win at the expense of somebody else. And since everybody's our member, kind of, we don't do that kind of lobbying, so that's fun. And I've been collecting data from our 600,000 members uh, for 30 years now, so I have a wonderful uh, perspective on how the small business economy is doing and how it relates to the macro economy, and that's been delightful.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, William Dunkelberg Dunkelberg from the NFIB, thank you very much for joining us today.
2: My pleasure.
3: Broadcaster.com. What do you
2: think they do
0: there? The cream of British broadcasting.
2: They don't drink milkshakes, I assure you.
0: Now, I said that I'd uh, explain why Small Biz Pod had been delayed for uh, a couple of weeks. And basically, this is down to the fact that uh, my free time, bearing in mind that I've, I've got my, my own business to run as well, my free time in which I'd normally do my podcasting has been very much taken up with the organisation and promotion of uh, what's turning out to be a fantastic conference, PodcastCon UK 2005. Uh, there's four of us working on the project. Uh, we've got over 80 people signed up already via the wiki. Uh, really, if you, if you want to come along, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And I'm really pleased to say that we've also got a sponsor, um, B, which is going to be launching the UK's first broadband uh, with download speeds of up to 24 megs, has agreed to come on board and sponsor us. And, and me and Neil have had meetings with them. And, and they're a great bunch of people and really, really supportive of podcasting and uh, obviously, have a, a product there that's going to make it much easier for people listening, wanting to listen to podcasts, to download uh, really super quickly uh, all their favourite shows. Um, and then there's a whole host of other, you know, potential benefits for, for a 24 meg uh, service like theirs. Uh, really going to be exciting for them when they launch it, and certainly very exciting for PodcastCon UK to be sponsored by them. So a big thank you to B. Uh, Do keep an eye out for them and uh, I'll certainly be looking at it. Now, on to the second half of our interviews where I talk to both a U.S. and a U.K. uh, manufacturing business. Okay, so we've heard from the experts looking at the economic outlook for uh, SMEs in both the U.K. and the U.S., but what are the businesses themselves? Well, I'm pleased to be joined on Small Biz Pod by Eric Tomlinson, who runs Rushford Co Limited, which is a Leeds-based electrical equipment manufacturer. Eric, uh, good uh, morning to you. Good morning. Now. Um, Obviously, there's a delicate balance being played by the Bank of England at the moment in terms of interest rates trying to stimulate uh, some consumer demand at the moment and presumably also helping the, the hard-pressed uh, manufacturing sector by uh, dropping interest rates uh, by a quarter last week. Uh, how do you see the economic outlook in terms of your business?
3: Uh, we are a small engineering company. We've, we've Actually, been going just over thirty years, and so this last ten years we've struggled really, and um, we've just managed to keep our head above water. We would, we would like to see um, cheaper interest rates, and they are, (laughs) they are coming in the right direction, or they're going in the right direction now. And uh, but I've always. Believed really that um, the government could do more for the the small engineer. The Mm -hmm. small, and when I say small, we are small, we are 10 people here, including office staff.
0: Okay. And, um, when you say more, do you mean by way of um, easing the, the, the burden of red tape and taxation, or or do you mean in yeah. taking a different approach to economic policy?
3: No, I, I think that's right. I think red tape, you know, we've been hit with red tape for various things. Forms and taxations getting more and more complicated. Uh, you have to be very, very specialist. We have to uh, go out to... Uh, People like accountants who are spending longer and longer time on mm-hmm. our accounts, and this is costing more money. You see, so it's, you know, um, at the end of the day, uh, we're not getting any uh, be- real benefits. I don't feel, you know, uh, and I have always felt as well that it might help if we we had a dual rate on taxation. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, on our interest rates as well, you know. Well we do help the small company. The small the really small company like ourselves gets very little help. You know, they might say, well there's this, there's this loan, there's these grants that you can get but but they're so they're so stifled by people um and people watching over to make sure you you know that it's been spent correctly mm-hmm. that it's not worth um, you know, doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you uh manufacture products that you that you export or or is it mainly uh internal or u k demand
3: yes it, it is it 's u k demand we We work for the bigger company we 're small purely subcontract engine engineers yeah. uh, we cover many many different industries we 've tried to be versatile over the years um, when we bought machines we 've tried to keep up to date we 've got c n c s and but of course you know, these machines, whilst in real terms, I suppose the prices have come down, mm-hmm. um, the manufacturers um, are, are getting less and less, um, and we're fighting a smaller, a smaller, um, you know, we're getting a smaller piece of the cake, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and this is part of the problem, you know, it's very, very difficult, and we are now, even people like us are competing with, Uh, you know overseas you know where the bigger companies are now going over to china and things like that yeah
0: yeah no i can imagine that's difficult and um as uh, as as a supplier to a, to a larger company larger companies are always looking to uh, screw the price down aren't they Absolutely instead yeah.
3: of you know I mean we have inf- uh, an inflation rate just under 3% um, and the thing is at the end of the day it, uh, these costs are on cost we don't have any clout uh, to buy things materials particularly in, in in this country mm. have gone up tremendously you know especially we specialize in stainless steel
4: yeah.
3: um, and stainless steel it's gone up well, it's just it's just doubled in price over the last two years yeah. and uh, we, we've no clout you know we can't say oh well we, we'll go somewhere else we just don't have a choice you know
0: yeah yeah so how I mean in terms of obviously if you've you've had a, a, a difficult time over the last few years but mm. you you are keeping your head above water mm-hmm. uh, what is it that a that a, a small business like yours has to do to to keep afloat
3: well we have to be very efficient you know our efficiency is quite high you know we're, we're talking something like in the region of about 85% efficient yeah. uh, by keeping um, our, our staff is, is quite small we, 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 we multitask the men that we have um, are, are not easy to find now you know mm-hmm. so the men that we've got we've had for a number of years they're, they're well experienced and but they are multi, uh, multitasking uh, if that's the right word yeah. you know yeah. the, the, at the end of the day they can and do various jobs they're not just sticking with one so if we run out of work on a particular machine we ask them to go on to another type of machine yeah. and this is what we try and do and and by just being prudent and just you know just keep our our house in order and just keep everything tight so um and and that's how it is you know
0: making the most of those yorkshire traits of <laughs> prudency and <laughs>
3: correct that's <laughs> right.
0: spending yeah. that's
3: right and yeah. uh, i mean there is a need for small engineers. We we offer a, a, a super service like a, a lot of others do, you know. Yeah. Um, we're getting less in number, I feel, mm-hmm.
1: you know. Yeah.
3: Um, but we offer a, a service. People ring up and we, we try and accommodate breakdowns and things like this because a lot of manufacturers w- w- who are left, they may have a foreign machine or a machine that's out of date or you just can't get spares now. Mm-hmm. And so we offer a service where... People ring us up, how soon can we have it? You know?
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I, uh, I think the smaller firms, as tough as it may be for, for them, um, they can be a little bit more nimble and responsive to oh. their customers, can't uh, they? Which, uh, well, which well, is to your to, advantage, isn't it?
3: Correct. We have yeah. to be versatile. Yeah. We have to be versatile. We have to be accommodating. We have to really, you know, get our. Uh, and, and, and offer a good service, you know. Um, we We would like to think you know that we we are doing a good job and 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 but it's only through our experience that we're able to do these many jobs you know yeah. because often we get a worn out sample yeah. <laughs> or yeah. a sketch on the back of a fact packet yeah. you know yeah. and and we have to work on it and and our customer expects it to work when he fits it you know yeah. <laughs> so okay. that's what that's what we're working at all the time but uh, I have to say. You know, we've been in the business a long time. Um, I get a buzz from that. I yeah. just feel sad when I, I hear of people going down. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah.
0: So, if there was one uh, wish from the economy or the government, what would it be from your point of view? What would you like to well, see happen I, that hasn't happened?
3: Well, I'd like. I, we get an awful lot of lip service. Yeah. From a lot of different people, but nothing seems to really happen. Apprenticeships don 't happen happen over a few months or a year or two years. You know I mean apprenticeships many, many years ago were seven years it yeah. came down to five and and even after five, and that was the sort of apprenticeship I did uh, five to six and mm-hmm. um, after that you 're still learning all your life and, and 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 the the change in engineering over the last forty years or so has been tremendous, yeah, yeah. incredibly massive changes and so we've had to try and keep abreast of those changes. And uh, But I would like to see a proper apprentice uh, scheme come in with help from the government so that these the smaller companies can afford an apprentice at reasonable wages and people might well be interested. The big problem is engineering in some instances mm-hmm. it, it can be clean. hours isn't such a clean industry you know yeah. yeah we're handling the material and we're getting cuttings and we're getting coolant and it's and and it's still an overall job it's not a white coat job yeah. and the way you're pressing buttons you have to have somebody actually um uh, handling the the goods
0: yeah okay uh eric tomlinson from rushwood co thank you very much for for joining us today it's a pleasure Okay, we've heard from the National Federation of Independent Businesses about how the U.S. economy is currently uh, booming away, it would appear. Certainly confidence is high amongst uh, small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, One of those uh, businesses is Herndon & Merry Inc., which uh, is based in Nashville and produces uh, a range of uh, metalworks. They're a metalworks manufacturer. Uh, and I'm pleased to have with me today Bill Merry Jr. uh, of uh, Herndon & Mary. Bill, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, and I enjoy being on your show here today.
0: No problem. Um, So, uh, confidence is is running high. The economy seems to be booming away, as I said earlier, in the U.S. Uh, Are there any storm clouds on the horizon for Herndon & Mary, or are you uh, experiencing... Uh, a good time in business
4: well we 're experiencing a very good time in business right now we 're continuing to see the uh, American uh, economy uh, grow but not grow too fast. Uh, we have a low interest rate environment here and uh, and a uh, fairly an optimistic uh, populace in this country about the economy and willingness to spend money. We uh, primarily target our products towards High-end residential, these are homes in the uh, multi-million dollar range, Mm -hmm. and we provide decorative iron products for those homes like estate gates, fencing, and railings.
0: So uh, the the fact that uh, the housing market appears to be uh, on the up too and uh, prices are appreciating, that's going to presumably release potential equity uh, that people can use on your products, I suppose
4: that's that's correct uh and uh it never ceases to to amaze us uh as homes in this country continue to get uh, bigger and bigger uh that uh, and many of these homes are European in style. many of our customers travel europe mm-hmm. uh they see those style homes and and then they come back to this country and uh, want to build that type of home and of course those european style homes as your listeners know uh, are uh, usually have a lot of iron work
0: on them. Mm, yeah absolutely. So in terms of uh, investment decisions it, when the business is going along very nicely indeed like yours I guess is uh, how do you I- invest that profit? Do you invest it? Do you, you, you put, put money aside for a rainy day or, or difficult economic additions? How do you conditions how do you actually uh, manage your business when things are going very well or, or are you looking at expanding
4: well uh, in fact six years ago we moved to a larger facility we've been in our other facility for 38 years my father started the company in 1959 mm-hmm. and and so we have been uh, really expanding since the early nineties and that expansion uh, as we have made profits we have plowed that back into the company both in plant, facility, and now specifically, equipment. Uh, And and this is what you're seeing many American companies do, and especially small companies also, are uh, reinvesting in equipment to stay more efficient Mm -hmm. uh, in in an effort not to add employees. Employees are are our most expensive asset, and so we look for equipment to to minimize the number of employees.
0: Yeah, okay, interesting. Now, um... If there was one area uh, of the economy or one area of the the business environment in the US that you could change or if you were if you were lobbying up there on capital or or, or at the White House what would it be that you feel for for your business or for small businesses in general needs addressing
4: Well I I think specifically uh, Alex in this country we have a a tax system that is just totally out of control, right. uh, and it is so complicated. It's so complicated for businesses to follow. It's so complicated for individuals, and 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 it's so expensive for us, especially in small business, to comply with those taxes. And and so we need a much simpler tax system in this country, in effort and would spur so much growth. And there are plans out there. Uh, in uh, in congress to do just that but but there's lots of special interest in this country and uh, and so sometimes small business uh, does not have the the lobbying strength that uh, other special interests do
0: okay so the future for uh, herndon and mary what what does that hold in the the next four or five years
4: well, as long as uh, our economy continues to expand, as long as uh, uh, our basic customer base, uh, which is the wealthier f- folks in this country, yeah. uh, continue to spend a lot of money, and they continue to do that, as long as they've got confidence in, uh, in our stock market, they have confidence in what's happening around the world, then they will continue to spend money, and our small business will continue to expand and hopefully be a medium-sized business one day. Right.
0: Okay. Uh, Bill Merry, thank you very much for joining us today. Well, great. Thank you
4: for having me and uh, look forward to visiting uh, Great Britain someday.
0: Good stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll look forward to receiving you. Thank you. Well, that just about rounds up the show for today. Don't forget uh, the PodcastCon UK 2005, uh, London, 17th of September. Uh, the Burners Hotel, just off Oxford Street. Uh, details at www.podcastcon.co.uk. It's only 30 quid, and it's going to be a fantastic day for anyone remotely interested in podcasting. Um, some live podcasts, some fantastic speakers, BBC, Virgin Radio and lots of others, so uh, do join us if you can. And now, very quickly, uh, Marv, who runs the Electromancer site, dropped me a line, and we had a brief discussion, and uh, he has introduced a Podsafe music section on the site. So uh, I'm rectifying my unPodsafe uh, choices from previous shows, but uh, thank you very much, Marv, for sorting it out, and I'm delighted to say that I'm going to continue using Electromancer.com Artists. Uh, There's some really, really great music there. And the track that I've chosen today is a track called Sugar 3, and it's by an Electromancer.com artist called Auxin.